Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Sir, I just want to say thank you. You saved my life. Thank you, sirs. All of you. Why most people don't get what they want out of life? I have worked all over the world. I mean, all right. over Asia, China, South America, North America, Europe. And I'm always asking people, what do you really want? And I have found most people don't want to be really wealthy. What they do want is they don't want to have any financial concerns. If they want to buy a new suit, they can go and get one. If they want to take a trip, they can take the trip. If they um, want a new car, they can get the new car. They don't want to just run out and spend or buy. They don't want to have any financial concerns. Two, they want to wake up in the morning excited about how they're going to spend their day. And the third, they want to mix with people who are upbeat and uh, creatively productive. These are the three things that people really want. So in answer to your question, if somebody's watching, what's the first thing they should do? Well, the first thing they should do is understand why we have goals, not just to set a goal, because most people don't set goals right. They, they're operating with a limited level of consciousness, so they're thinking, hmm, if I could get a little more money, and if I could get him to help me and her to help me and this happen, then I could do this. Maybe this is get a new car. What we've got to understand is we're trading our life for our goals. Literally trading our life. Would you trade your life for a car or a house? I don't think so. So it's got to be something really meaningful. And we're not taught to think this way. We should sit down and don't give any thought to where the money is going to come from, where the help's going to come from. It's what do you really want? Like Ed Hillary was a beekeeper in Auckland. He wanted to climb Mount Everest. It had never been done. People died trying to do it. He went in 51 and failed. He went back in 52 and failed. In 1953, he stood on top of the mountain with Tenzing Norgay. But he didn't know how to get there until after he had got there. Edison didn't know how to illuminate the world until after he had done it. The Wright brothers were bicycle mechanics in Dayton, Ohio. No one believed you could fly. They had been trying it for years, but they wanted to do it. They didn't know how, and they couldn't tell you until after they had done it. Now, the first flight only lasted 12 seconds. And the naysayer said, yeah, but they only were up there for 12 seconds. They said, we not only got up there, we kept the damn thing up there for 12 seconds. So when a person sets a goal, they've got to say, 
what could I want? If I just let my mind rock, just wander, use my imagination, how do I really want to live? That's what they should be doing. That's where it should start. And then don't listen to anyone that tells them they can't. Go to someone who has done something and ask them, what should I do? And then do exactly what the person tells them. Yeah. I'm back, family. Uh-huh. If you're new to the Impact Secret Podcast show, welcome to the family, to my existing family. Much love and respect as always. Glad you rolled up and pulled up on me to join us today. On this podcast show, we discuss entrepreneurship, faith, marketing, and if you can't tell by now by listening to this show, personal development is one of my favorites. That's my thing. That's my go-to I am your humble host, E.D. For all you smart and intelligent folks, that just simply means Ed. Now, pull up to the dinner table. I got some stories to tell. In a borrow from Mr. Fisk, Kobe Bryant's teacher, you know the slogan. Never rest in the middle, always rest at the end. Now, Let's get today. Let's get to today's show. Today's show is entitled "How to Figure Out What You Want." Life changes. You can start now before twenty twenty one. Again, how to figure out what you want? Life changes. You can start now before twenty twenty one. Three impact secret value points that you will receive out of today's ap- episode. Eliminate your limited beliefs, identify what you don't want, and if you won the lottery, what would you do? What would you do? Let's expand off of that a little bit, family. You know, I, how this question came about in my head is because my dad plays the lottery, And I was sitting down with him as he was putting in his number. And then he graciously slid over a sheet to me and said, hey, I need you to pick some numbers. And I said, you know, Dad, we've been doing this since I was little. Every time I came to visit you, you would hand me a sheet and say, pick out some numbers. I don't care. Just whatever the total amount was of the numbers I had to pick out. And I said, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news or the person to block your opportunity, but what are your expectations of when you do win the lottery? Like what happens if you win the lottery? What what are you going to do? And that question alone taught me a lot about life the way he answered it because he answered it just like the majority of us would have answered it if we're being honest 
But if you're not going to be honest here, then I'll, I'll take that up for you. See, he answered it with a smile first. He started smiling because he started dreaming of it's already happened, which I love because that's that optimist. That's that growth mindset. But what he said was, I would quit my job. I said, okay, I can understand that you are worth now a hundred million dollars and it, you have the perfect opportunity. I mean, why even work that job anymore? I said, well, then what would you do next? He said, well, then after I quit my job, I will just go off and go away for about a month. During that 30 days, what I would do is I would figure out what my next moves are. The people I want to help out. The people I don't want to help out. What type of cars I want to drive. What type of house I want to live in. Where do I want to live? And I said, that's cool. Okay, so you figured out the house. You figured out the cars. You figured out uh, who you want to help and, you know, how much you want to give. I said, that's that's pretty. that's a pretty decent plan. I never really thought of a 30 day plan of just going off somewhere and writing down and, and writing out what you want to achieve in life. So I said, what else would you want to do? Well, you know, definitely want to help charities and, you know, a big believer in giving. And I would want to, you know, uh, probably create some, I would I love to create some businesses to also invest in to, for, you know, for you and for the kids so that they can have a business so they wouldn't be in debt helped. Of course, you know, that goes back to how I would want to help them. I said, hmm, interesting. You see, family. What we what my dad was describing and what you probably would describe is if you were if you were to win one hundred million dollars. That's the life that you really want to live. That's the life you really want to live. See, if we unpack what my father said, see, it was very simple. See, right away, he's quitting his job. See, a lot of people claim that they enjoy where they work, but they're lying to you and to me. And to themselves. Because if you enjoy where you work, the first thing you wouldn't want to do is quit your job. So it lets you know that you're you 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 really are this there for the check, not for the experience, not for the opportunity, not to add impact, not to be able to be valuable. You're there for the check. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've worked jobs that literally I was there for the check. I remember a CEO saying we want to hire people that think we're family and, you know, that there's just not here for the check. And at first I bought into that. I drunk the Kool-Aid, I the the grape Kool-Aid. I I really did drink it. I, I I thought that yes, we're a family here and family watches each other's back. But see, this is a naive young man out of college thinking the world is his oyster. He's just looking to figure out which direction he wants to go. What I later realized is is that we're not family here. This is a business and our goal as a business is to stay in the black and get in and not be in the red. This is a, a numbers game. This is not a family game because a family wouldn't lay you off with a short notice. They wouldn't fire you with a short notice. 
they it wouldn't be political games that has to be played in order for you to 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 get to the top or get to a position and that's one thing that i really had to understand and it was hard because i bought into it so when i explained when my dad said of quitting his job walking away for 30 days and you know going off to the islands and just really writing out what he wants to do and achieve i said aha aha i wish i had i'm gonna have to put that on that's gonna be my new my new slogan off of coming coming to america aha see i had an aha moment right then and there and actually when i was doing research for this show it came back to me because I forgot about it. I like, you know, when sometimes when, um, and this is why I use a, a app called Readwise. Matter of fact, I need to reach out to them because if I'm going to start plugging them, uh, I want to make sure that they take care of the family when they come through and get the hookup. But Readwise, the reason why I love this this particular app because I get to highlight things in the books and, and, and things that I read. And then it literally it comes up and saying, you know, just to remind me of some of the things I highlight so I can revisit the information again. And when I started doing when I started building out for this show, I realized that conversation I had with my dad and I realized how many people, including myself, have forgotten the aspects of taking the lottery experience and saying, what if and and removing the money piece but thinking if we could do and if we could do anything we wanted to do with no no boundaries as and that was bob proctor that talked about that and i was just like oh this is a good clip i gotta share with the family where he was simply saying don't worry about the money don't worry about the resources what do you want to do What do you want to do? And my dad described exactly what he would have done. He said, if I want a hundred million dollars right away, these are the steps. These are the actionable steps. I would quit my job. I would go away for 30 days and plan out all the rest of the things else that I want in my life or I don't know or I no longer need in my life. So why don't we take the time to Think of the approach of saying, this is what I want out of life, and I'm going to take some time to scribble that out. Let me put it on some note cards. Let me put it on a vision board. You know the funny thing about this? This is a side note. I got so excited about this when I, like I said, putting this this show together. I, I started doing research on lottery winners and again this aligns with everyday life see when you are developing yourself when you are becoming one percent better each and every day when you are going to those challenging conflicts that you got to take on or, or having those tough conversations or or Walking away from things that made you comfortable and now you have to be uncomfortable because now you have to start all over again or you have to pivot in another direction. 
there are always people asking you for help. And I'm not talking about help in a way of, of course, just wanting to help people, but they start making up these stories and see that's what, when I was reading about the, the people that won the lottery and some of the misfortunes, the, the running theme was the same. It was that when people found out the money that they had, they start creating these stories or they started blackmailing or they started, it, it was one story I read where his brother contracted a hitman to kill his brother because he felt when his brother died that he would inherit the money. So it got me to thinking, I said, you know, when you are, when you, when you finally made your mind up and you made a decision that you're going to work on yourself, that you're going to find things to better yourself, there are, there are going to be situations where people are going to ask you to, to do things that maybe you used to do before you made this change. And you're going to have to say no. And they're not going to understand why are you saying no, because you used to do it before. And that was the same thing with the lottery. It was that people would say, well, yeah, you, you used to give me money. Like, like now you got more, plenty of it. So why is it a problem now? And what they said where a lot of people failed at who came into this money was they were not courageous enough to say no to people that they love. They were not courageous to say no to people that were trying to be leeches to them, whether it was friends, family, coworkers, or whatever it was. And because they weren't, weren't didn't have the ability to say no, what tended up, what ended up happening is they lost a lot of that money, not for, from, not just from the things that they bought, but from the things that they get from the money that they invested in people that normally they wouldn't have given that type of money to, but they felt, I don't want to say insecure because that wouldn't be a good, a good thing, but they felt guilty. And that's what happens, family. When you are on this trajectory of trying to figure out what you want out of life, people are going to make you feel guilty. They're going to make you feel guilty for wanting to do something that's outside of the box. When a little kid comes up to their mother and says, hey, mom, I want to play video games online. And the mother looks at her and says, but what about your future, son? Well, this is going to be my future temporarily. See, she she's blinded by not seeing everything that goes into a video game. She's looking at now. And then nowadays you can't even say that because of the fact of there are kids that are making more money than both of their parents, cousin and uncle combined together by playing on Twitch online. And then turning it around and capitalize it by by creating merchandise, by creating, you know, uh, private groups. So they're monetizing their spiritual gifts. I know how to play this video game extremely well. I'm very I have a great personality. Hey, let's get online and see what happens. That's what I loved about Jordan and copy and, and, and Mike. I mean, and Kobe Bryant, where they were like every time and I noticed this. And it would be the same response. And I said, I see what Kobe did. He really modeled after Jordan. So I started really modeling a lot of things in my life 
after Kobe and Michael because I I love the way that they responded to answers. Because people would try to make them, you know, have fear when Kobe made the transition to be a a venture capitalist as well as being, you know, in, in story um, and creating stories. People would say, well, what if it, you know, what if you don't have the same success as you did in the NBA? You said, well, I don't know unless I go and find out. See, a lot of people, when they would hear a question like that, they will be they will get stuck. They will get stuck to the point where they put themselves in a position where they're stagnant. They're like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I need to stay home and just or I need to just stick what I was doing. I was great at it. I was comfortable at it. So there's no reason for me to go on and, and attempt something else that I'm kind of passionate about anyway, but probably is not worth it. So family, when you are making this transition to figuring out what you want out of life and what you want to do out of life, a really great exercise um, that I discovered was, well, I didn't personally come up with it, but my mom really, she's the first one that really kind of gave me the game about it, where she said, list your pros and cons. And if you're, you know, the cons outweigh your pros, then you, you know, you shouldn't do it. Like I had listed out all the pros and cons when I made the decision to leave Michigan and move to Dallas Fort Worth. So when I made that jump to leave, I wrote out all the pros and cons. And honestly, the pros outweighed the cons. So I said, I have to go and do it. And that's the same thing where this, uh, I found some information on basically creating uh, where you want to eliminate what you don't want first. See, it's it's sort of like what I've learned about this this <laughs> this experience is it's sort of like when you talk to somebody that is frustrated or is I, I should say complaint not frustrated but complaining about something that they invest so much information and in complaining about the thing that they lose the momentum that they can invest in in providing a solutions or solutions. And so in this strategy, it talks about first things first, because I promise you, you guys will be extremely good at this because you'll be able to identify what you don't want. So creating a list. So in one column, put what you don't want. And then in the next column, what do, what do you want out of life? And here's a good example. I don't want to keep trading time for money. Okay, well, what do I want? I want to be able to make money while I'm sleeping. Basically through a business and monetizing my spiritual gifts. Here's another example. What I don't want. I don't want to be surrounded by people that are unwilling to grow with me. What I want, I want to build relationships with people professionally and personally that we both add value to each other's life. See, family, when you start going through this exercise of writing out everything you don't want and then going over to the next column and putting in the things that you do want out of life, um, 
you're probably you you I get well I don't want to guarantee you because you guys I don't want to be held to that but I will say this it will open your eyes up to what you what you really don't want in life and what you've been kind of pushing down which is truly your intuition telling you this is what you want to do but your concerns of the you know financial piece you know am I going to be able to make money will I be able to take care of my family you know will I be accepted see you're asking all the wrong questions and I'm with you I asked those questions I would be like how much money am I going to make am I going to make any money and you know and, and if I do make the money uh you know, will I be when I created this show? I was like, okay, how am I gonna get interviews and have people come on? And you know, I don't, they don't know me, so reaching out to people to do interviews. And I realized I just need to go ahead and get started. And when I get started in doing this and building up the momentum, they'll come looking for me, and they have because. When you get caught up in the how you're going to do it, I've learned every time I've done that, I procrastinated or I didn't take any action. And with that being the case, that that held me back. When I just jumped in, like when I started the, the uh, podcast show, I just jumped in. I didn't do any research. I didn't try to say, well, what type of tools? And, and th- I just jumped in. And as I, as I was, you know, learning more and, and producing a show every day, five days a week, I started, I started getting excited about, I said, okay, well, I wonder what type of microphone are people using? So I went down that rabbit hole. And then I was like, oh, what are they doing for audios? Are you are they using a camera, their phone? So, but I got started. And I I'll, I look back at my life at everything that I didn't, because I'm one of those people that, I'm going to be honest, I am very analytical. Sometimes it bothers me, but sometimes it's, it's really a blessing and a curse. The blessing is, is that I'm able to, see a spreadsheet of numbers and pick it apart and really see if things are valuable or not based on numbers or based on outcomes of what I've seen, you know, other people do. But it's also, you know, a curse because I I have that, I think it was called paralysis of analysis of where I, st- I try to get as much knowledge and much information as much as I, everything I can possibly know about the subject and read it back and forth before I do anything. And then I look up a month, two months, I went by and I still haven't taken any action. I was uh, following this couple where they said they bought this course. And when they bought this course, they said that for every, like, let's say module one, it said, okay, what you need to do is go out and, you know, I mean, you need to, to create a name of what you want to have a business. They, they, they hit pause. Okay, these, these are some names for the business. Okay, we're going with this one next. And, you know, a lot of people don't take courses like that. They'll go through the whole entire course. And, well, they, sometimes they won't even go through the, high, the the entire course. I think I need to find that number. But I heard it was it's such a high number where people don't even finish courses. They just, they, they get them and that dopamine is pumping like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire or a hundred year or whatever year they're going to, uh, uh, they're going to be, but they don't even take advantage 
of the the actual course. And then when they do, they, when they do take advantage of the course, they don't they don't use what I call applied knowledge. That's not my my original term, but they don't apply the knowledge that they've learned. So what I'm saying to you, family, is is that when you are going through this experiment of figuring out what you want, I always tell you guys to go experiment with life because that really is going to show you what you don't want and what you do want. There was a job. I got a, I was, I sent my resume out to a couple of people. Recruiter calls me. Well, I should say account executive. And we spoke conversation went extremely well. I, um, they set up the interview. And so I've been in this game of the uh, project management probably for about, I want to say 10 years. I think it's about 10 years, eight to 10 years. And I, I went for an interview and you know how, again, going back to intuition where something just, it just doesn't, it didn't feel right. Something just didn't feel right. So I went into the situation and I really, I wanted out of the current situation that I was in, the 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 job that I was in so bad, I was like, you know what? Next person that offered me an opportunity, if it's somewhat, you know, around about what I'm, I'm, I'm just going to just go ahead and go because I see what's going on here. And, you know, people were leaving the organization left and right. And I was like, and, and then you kind of notice something, too, when you start seeing um, executives leave. And I'm not talking like maybe one here. or one, I mean, you're seeing them. I mean, literally, I had watched about three or four executives leave the organization. So to me, automatically, that's a red flag. Anytime you see that, you need to make sure you have your resume ready to rock and roll because something is going down that you may not be aware of. Because executive normally don't just, you know, if they just been there for a couple years, they don't really leave like somebody that is not in an executive role because of, of, of their packages normally. So I go to, uh, I go to the interview and the account executives walks me up to the um, room, the room, the room wasn't that big. I mean, it was, I mean, I say it, it wasn't that, it wasn't that big. And so I go sit down and he sit down next to me and the hiring manager is at her desk and they start asking me, you know, we were just having general conversation. So I seen a book that uh, they were reading and I said, oh, wow. I said, um, cause I read the book and I said, so what, what are some things that you enjoyed about that book? So she she starts going into some things and then ask me. So, you know, just having a general chit chat. So then the CIO walks into the room. And so I'm like, OK. And he said, well, let's go ahead and uh, get the interview started. And I'm like, OK, great. So at this point, I'm thinking that I'm just going to be, you know, it's just going to be the CIO and the hiring manager. We're going to talk. But the account executive stayed in the room. So that that threw me off. And I was like, OK, why is he here? And next thing I know, it was a flurry of questions. When I mean it was back to back to back. And it got to a point where they were putting, 
<laughs> trying their best to 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 put pressure on me to see how I would respond to certain things and putting me asking me situational questions. Well, if this happened, I mean, if if you knew somebody was late on a project, how would you go about escalating it? And if you knew like, I mean, um, and you know, just those type of questions, those situational questions. And I started, I was like, I, I said, I, I was thinking to myself, I said, they're trying to see kind of where my pressure threshold is. I said, I guess they don't know where I'm from and how I was, you know, how I came up in this world and the experiences I've had thus far. So you, you, you are putting me in a position where you want to see me be reactive and I'm not going to allow that opportunity. So after all of that, they start, they walk me around, the hiring manager walks me around and the environment wasn't, it wasn't exciting. Like you, I mean, people were just like, and I was just meeting them and I was like, again, that intuition, like something is, uh, I don't, something's off here and I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it, it just, it, it wasn't about the building. It was just something really felt off. And so I was like, Hmm. All right. So I talked to the account executives on the way out on, on the way out. And he said, how do you think things went? I said, well, yeah. Um, I said that interview was probably, I've been doing this for about 10, eight to 10 years. And I've never had an interview on that level where, you know, you were in the room CIO. I mean, and you had me in this little small room and, it was more about them finding out if I was a good fit versus we finding out if we're a good fit. So I said, um, once I left him and, and, you know, after I explained that to him, I got in a car and left. I said, yep, that I, I won't be taking that opportunity. I don't care if they, I don't care how much money they throw at me. It, I didn't like the environment. I didn't feel the environment. And this is only through years of trial and error of going out and experimenting, meaning taking opportunities where I was like, my intuition, like, uh, I don't know if this is a good one because I had the experience to see based off how people responded and how they were acting and, and the questions. And when, when you ask certain questions and you just kind of watch to see if they're, working hard to put up a facade or they're giving you the real deal. So I get a call, uh, the next business day and they were like, Hey, um, I want to know if you can come out for another, uh, round of interviews. And I, I said, nah, I said, you know what? I really enjoy talking with them. I think what they're, what they're wanting to do is great, but, I don't think this is going to be, this is not what I want for my next step in, in my career. And he said, well, why? I said, well, first of all, before I even <laughs> came on, I mean, before I even got the interview, they had me do a personality test where I think there are really some great personality tests out there. Um, but the one they I, they had me do, I just felt like, before they even met me, they even had, I mean, that you had me doing this personality test versus you meeting me first and then saying, hey, do this personality test to make sure it aligns. So I, I, I didn't like that. And I was honest about it. And I said, you know, sometimes family, we feel like we don't have the power to say no, because 
we feel like somebody's done us a favor. And that's how he was coming across to me. He was like, but man, I got you in the door. And I mean, you, you're, you're one of the top candidates and, you know, be, and as another candidate, I said, Hey, I really truly appreciate it. But for me, I had promised myself that I'm going to get exactly what I want out of the next opportunity. I'm not going to go to try to please somebody or because there's more money. I am going because I want the experience and the growth. The money is great. It's a great um, equalizer to what I'm doing, but something just felt extremely off. And so he was just like, okay, uh, I'll let him know that you don't want to go. So hung up and then he called me back. He said, are you sure that this is what you want to do? You want to tell them? No. I was like, I'm exactly, I'm, I'm 110% sure. Like I don't, there's nothing that I feel, you know, that I want to change my mind. And so that's why I'm saying family is that when when I started off the show, I, I was describing where people will put things on you. Um, like I was talking about the lottery winners where they didn't have the courage to say no and people would make them feel guilty. And that's how I felt in that situation that I felt that that account executive was trying to make me feel guilty because he opened up the door like, oh, well, I would have I had a lot of opportunity. I mean, a lot of different people coming in for this job and you know, you were just one of the people that they like. And I just, I felt some kind of way family. If we are just going to keep it all the way a buck. So what I'm telling you is, is that when you are, when you're chasing after life, you have to go experiment because the, these experiments will allow you to reject opportunities that you know are not for you. Because when you know something is not for you, it doesn't matter what they say to you or tell you what's going to happen if you don't. It doesn't matter because you already know in your mind this is something that you don't want. Have you ever asked yourself, what do I want to invest my money? What do I want to invest the money I earn into? Or how about what activities that I want to do for fun? Because I, I say that I ask I ask these two probing questions because a lot of times if we when we if we sat down and realized the what we really wanted out of life, we would realize we would be able to answer these questions that would help us start directing our path to a to something better. Because see, a lot of times, and I'm guilty of it. I don't know if you are. You may may not be, but I would take a job based on the financial number. And then I get into the job, I, I, I'll get into the job and I'm like, oh, why did I do this? And that's when I started changing my approach. And it actually, to be honest with you, it started with the with that job that I told you about that I got interviewed. It started right there because I said no more because I were going on interviews and it was just it was just exhausting. It, it wasn't exhausting to the point of of the interviewing, but it was like. I think they forgot about the interviewing process of how it works. It's it's we're both interviewing each other to see if we're a good fit. And see, when you hold yourself to that type of standard and when you're in an interview and somebody is just literally talking the entire time of asking you a lot of questions and all of this and give you five minutes out of a 30 or hour minute uh, hour um, meeting as far as interviewing, I'm going to tell you from experience, I would walk away. Because you haven't learned anything about them. They've learned everything about you. 
Well, I'll take that back. You did learn something. You learned that you know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. So what I'm saying, family, is whatever type of life you want to create, especially with technology and things of this day, I really now and truly believe that you can have it, even if you do it as a side hustle. When I when I started the show, this is I and I'm I I film it every day. Well, I tape it every day, Monday through Friday, before I go to work. Or if I don't have time to do it before work, I'll do it after. But this is something I really enjoy doing. When they said is that if it's something you can do and not get paid for, this is it. So just imagine as I continue to get better and better and produce better content for you, things that produce material like I want to put together. I'm thinking about putting together that Excel document or where it allows you to identify what you want out of life and see how many people would be interested. In. I want to put together materials that has helped me along the way and then I'll refine it and customize it to fit my life and hopefully pass it on to you that you would get amazing benefits out of it the same way that I have. So these are the things for 2021 that I'm coming out swinging with things. And I just have to figure out what do I want to present to you guys first? What, what piece of, what piece of value do I want to provide you first? And once I get that, then we'll go from there. So family, all I'm going to say to wrap this up is make sure you experiment with life. When you experiment with, when you experiment with life, you realize what you don't want and what you do want. What gets you excited, what gets you sad. What gets you up in the morning and what you, what keeps you in the bed. Money is great. I'm I'm a huge proponent of getting that bag and getting as much as you can get financially. But also, I don't want to get to a point where I go after the bag so much that I I get distracted about my my entire life of what do I really need and want out of this situation? What am I getting out of it? What value am I able able to bring and what value am I receiving besides the bag? Because after, you, you know, I told, I remember I said this when people, when I hear rich people say, money is not everything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me get your money and, and let me find out for myself. So I'm not on that level yet where I'm saying money is not everything. What I'm saying is, is that while you're weighing out how much money you're going to get paid, also weigh out the experience that you that you the, that you're potentially going to have to go through and deal with and see if that equals to the amount of money you're getting paid. It's just it's just that simple. So, family, we'll just close with these closing words, I hope that today's show was extremely impactful for you of you figuring out what you want out of life. Because if you don't go after what you want out of life, somebody will prescribe to you what they want out of your life for you. And that's not living. That's not being truly called 
that's not truly living your purpose. That's not really truly being the man or woman you are destined and destined to be. So I challenge you, family, today, if no longer than this evening or whenever you're listening to this show, that after this show, that maybe you you, you take some time to yourself, you know, during during any break or holidays that you may get or time off and that you take you don't even got to take 30 minutes, take five minutes and, and write out some of the things you would love to have in life and want out of life. We always talk about reverse engineering here because it's extremely important because once you identify what you want, then you can start putting a plan in place and that plan may, it may get hit in the mouth, but being willing to be adaptable and being able to pivot is what's going to make you flexible to the thing that you really want. And you may realize that once you get what you want, that that may not even be it. It may be something bigger than that. So live your life, family. Don't let others live it for you. I am your humble host, E.D., and this has been another Impact Secret podcast show episode. I hope you truly enjoyed this. I'm out. 